What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Alex and Things podcast. I'm your host, Alex Wynn. And y'all, we're on episode four. Y'all know what it is, man. Uh, if y'all remember on my third episode of the podcast, I left off by saying um, that my fourth episode was going to be my very first visual episode. And if you're streaming this visual episode on YouTube or wherever I'm going to be streaming it to, y'all see that I have not one, but two special guests on this fourth episode of the podcast. Um, I got my guys, E from Alpha and Tunji on a banjo. On the banjo! My guys, man. Y'all say what's up to the people, y'all. Yeah, what's good? What's good? Hey, Alex, appreciate being on. Nah, I appreciate y'all, man. For, for real, good, man. For real. Yep. Um, for all of us personally, like we've known each other since high school, ever since the first second we stepped on that campus. Oh boy, man. First 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 step, first class. The rest was history, man. Um, going almost a decade strong. We always just talking about the ups and downs of life, whether it's it's um, our personal journeys, futures, everything, man. Then we always uh, staying close talking about sports, whether it's world football, real fo- American football. I said real football. American football, <laughs> hoops, baseball, it's like no. Nah. We talk about everything, man. That, that's just that, that that's just who we are, and that's just who we've been this entire time, man. Uh, thankfully for me, I've been able to bring my guys to this fourth, fourth conversation on the podcast. So, once again, appreciate y'all, man. So, y'all know what it is, man. It's time to get into it. Um, today, y'all, we're going to be talking about NBA hoops because it's the holiday season. Um, it's been a very discombobulated year, not just for everybody um, in general, but for sports fans too, because um, of the way different sports and different sports weeks have been affected by the pandemic and, you know, reschedulings, cancelings, and all of the above. So, and in the NBA's case, we're going to be returning in a little bit under three weeks now. So we wanted to come to y'all with a special episode featuring a couple of different topics. Today, we're going to be discussing the legendary Shaquille O'Neal and how he, he's always posting a lot of controversial stuff. He's always saying a lot of controversial stuff, but we're going to be talking about a post that he made where he talked about a starting five that he created that would be unstoppable in a seven game series. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And then we're going to talk about, since it's almost Christmas, we're going to talk about some of our favorite slash best signature moves from guys in the NBA that remind us of the feeling that we get when we're opening up gifts. We're going to talk about a couple of those awesome moves. And then we're going to transition into a preview of the regular season where we talk about free agency, trades, um, the outlook on the new NBA schedule, and just a couple of predictions, who we got winning the MVP, rookie of the year, um, and title contenders, and ultimately title winners. So as y'all know, um, I always love starting the episodes with some things that are on my mind and things that are just going on in the real world. But I mean, in this particular episode, it's my first visual. And I got my two guys here with me, and we talking hoops. I mean, I don't really got nothing on my mind except getting into this episode. So, I mean, with all that being said, let's get right into it, y'all. So, we're gonna start off by talking about um, Shaquille O'Neal, um, the legendary Shaquille O'Neal, and one of his controversial takes that he always just floats around on Instagram, and he leads up to discussion for all of his wonderful followers and just basketball fans all over the world. He posted something very interesting a while back talking about his unstoppable starting five that would never lose in a seven game series. He put at the point guard, 
um, Allen Iverson. At the two, he put Kobe. At the three, he put Michael Jordan. At the four, he put LeBron James. And at the five, he put who he put at the five? Oh, he put himself. He put himself. Of he put himself. <laughs> but um, we just wanted to talk about um, some idea that we had with uh, his ultimate starting lineup and either who we would replace personally or a lineup that we feel could be able to match um, match up against his lineup. So, um, Steve, why don't you kick us off, man? All right. Uh, so, you know, um, so I'm going to offer up a, a lineup that, that that might be able to match up with them. Obviously, uh, you got right. a lot of a lot of like extreme Hall of Fame talent there. Um, what I, I guess let me start off at the center position since that's what Shaq is. Uh, I'll put Will Chamberlain there uh, because, you know, the, uh, NBA while he was playing during his career, they had to make some rule changes to like tell tell people play against the rules better. Going the rules. Yeah, you know, I had to, I had to. Uh, at the four, uh, I put uh, Tim Duncan. I feel like um, a lot of people, he doesn't, I mean, like he's very, I feel like he doesn't get a lot of respect, like that he, he deserves, because he was just consistent, you know, defending, like on offense, like, hey, you know, he's Mr. Fundamental. And now moving over to the point guard position, I'm going to go with my man, Mr. Irvin Maddox Johnson. As you know, showtime, you know, he's going to make the game fun, you know, for the, for the teammates around him, you know. And at the, at the two, I got to go with Clyde, the, Clyde, Clyde, the Glide Drexler, excuse me. But yeah, he's just, sure. you know, just a baller, a baller in his day. I feel like, although he's not as good matching up with like either Kobe or MJ, I mean, I feel like, you know, he'll, he'll like, he, he'll battle and compete and make it fun. Then at the three, I got to go with the, the guy that grew up in the area that I grew up in, PG County. I got to go with uh, Kevin Durant, you know, Mr. Slim Reaper himself. You know, he's Better. just an automatic bucket, you know, automatic bucket, you know. So I think, so those, so those are, that's like my five that I would put against Shaq's five. All right. T, what you got, bro? Yeah, it's a smooth line. I think we have some similarities between our lineup. So I guess for me, I started the point guard, have Magic Johnson, of course. You know, you always got to have Magic in the in the one of the greatest lineups of all time. Then next, a shooting guard. It's a little bit hard. I think I was thinking a couple of people, but I think I'll go with T-Mac. I feel like T-Mac. Yes, you know, sir. Fortunately, injuries cut his career a little bit shorter than what he expected, but I had to go with T-Mac. with that, man. <laughs> next, you know, from PG County, Slim Reaper, Easy Money Sniper, Kevin Easy. Durant. At the four, at the four, I gotta go Hakeem the Dream, one of the best in the post of all time, easily. Then at center, you gotta go Kareem on that one. Sky Hook Unstoppable. Respect, respect. Nah, like I, okay. I definitely agree, man. Yeah. Like, those are some unstoppable players in their in their own right. But I guess um I got I gotta I gotta uh follow the wave here and follow my guy. They wanted to create lineups to go against Shaq. But before I do that, I actually wanted to talk about why I would actually replace somebody in his lineup before I make my own team. Because as you, as y'all just heard, um, both uh, Tunji and Ephraim, they chose to um, put Kevin Durant, the legendary basketball player from PG County in their starting fives. I feel like he should have been in Shaq's all-time starting five, replacing either Kobe or Michael Jordan. But for me personally, I would replace Michael Jordan because for me, like, you know, 
I just didn't grow up watching Michael Jordan and, you know, like all the YouTube highlights and everything that people say about him. Like, I, I believe it. Like, everybody believes he's the greatest ever. But for me personally, I just did not get to experience that dominance and this just that everyday love that people, for me, gave Kobe Bryant when I was growing up watching hoops. He was the guy that I idolized and the guy that I saw every single day going out there and just garnering that love and respect from the public for the way that he carried himself and the way that he committed himself to the game and just the way he dominated. And it was just at the right, at the right time because I don't know if I could have fell in love with Michael Jordan because he, the guy that he was going up against, nothing like the guy that Kobe Brown was going up against. That's all I'll say. But now, to my personal lineup that I feel like would match up with Mike, uh, I mean, um, Shaq's all-time starting five, I would say you can't go wrong with Magic. But out of respect for the conversation, I'm, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go with um, Stephen Curry just because the way that he changed the game, like, he'll make any offense, like, I mean, he'll make any defense, like, have to respect, you know, his, not just his range, but his ability to um, create for other guys, not even with his passing, but just the way with, just with the way that he can snipe. So you got, you got to put Steph up there. And even a guy like, I got to shout out this other guy too, but you got to go with Dame Lillard. You couldn't go wrong with Damian Lillard as well, because the way that he just, he just casually just walks past half court and he decides he's going to, you know, demoralize you it's just it's just disrespectful and it's a joy to watch so you can't go wrong with either one of those guys but I'm gonna put Stephen Curry just because he was the guy that really um got people falling in love with the three-point shot at the two uh my guy Ephraim he said he said it before um during one of our old conversations like those are the two best shooting guards in, in the game ever can't go wrong with either one of them but Shaq took them both so I had to think real hard and Luckily, Tunji said Jason McGrady because I was probably going to put him here, but I got to go with D-Wade, man. Like, if you're not going to have number one or number two, got to have number three. Okay. And, I mean, Flash, it's all, it was always mono we mono when he went up against Kobe Bryant. So, y'all remember the game winner that he hit? I mean, the game winner, I mean, the all the, not the game winner, the matchups that him and Kobe Bryant would have back growing yeah. up in the early 2000s. Those were, those were always a joy to watch, man. So, got to go with D-Wade at the three. Since Kevin Durant was not in this man's lineup, yeah. obviously I'm going to put him in there, of course. Yeah. And at the four, I got to go with Tim Duncan because he was just not only a mismatch, but he was just a silent killer. Like, yeah. you just want a guy that plays basketball and he's good at it, you got to go with Tim Duncan. He couldn't do nothing wrong. He could play offense. Yeah. He was a good player to his coaches or his coach is on the Spurs. He never left the Spurs. Um, you knew he was going to be there. Just solid all around. And at the five, you can, there's just so many. It's crazy because the center has so many historically great players back from, like, the 40s, 50s, 60s, all the way up until our time here in the – here, what are we in now, 2020? You, you can't go on with a lot of centers. But I guess for me personally, I'd probably go with, hmm, Mr. Skyhook as well because, man, it's cheese, man. Like, you can't – if there's a move you can't stop, why would you, why would you, you know, want to go against that? So – even though Shaq feels like he could dominate every, dominate everyone, I feel like Mr. Skyhook would give him a little bit of a run for his money. So, yeah, um, yeah, y'all. Those are just some of our thoughts on what we feel would either um, match up with Shaq's irrefutable starting five in a seven-game series, and for me personally, just what I feel he got wrong because he is wrong. 
<laughs> but yeah, um, just moving along, y'all. So y'all know it's Christmas. We want to get into the holiday spirit a little bit and share some of our favorite signature moves slash best moves from some of the best players in the NBA that remind us of the feeling that we get when we're opening up Christmas gifts. So we're going to name um, three or four of our favorite moves and maybe leave an honorable mention there as well. So, Tunji, uh, why don't you start us off with, with this one, bro? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's say signature move, you know, was his fan, been was his fan forever. You know, sadly, John Wall has been traded away, but I had to go with his um, 360 yes, layup. <laughs> I had to go with his 360 layup for my favorite signature move. Um, just fire. You can't stop that move. Um, next, I'll say probably go KD, pull up from three. Just extra smooth, money most of the time. Just it's perfect motion. And then I'll say for the third move, it's just LeBron the fast break. Just cock it back <laughs> and slam it down. <laughs> just hey, simple. is that is that in any particular order, bro? Uh, no, nah, no particular order. You know, just just three of my top favorite. It just I don't know. You just get excited when you see those moves. Absolutely. You got any uh, honorables? Honorable mentions. I don't know. No, I don't got any honorable mentions. I can't really think of anything else mm-hmm. right now. Appreciate it, bro. E, what about yeah. you, bro? All right. Uh, so, Lakers fan here. So, growing up, you know, hey, watching man, let Kobe. Him know. Let him know. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Kobe, uh, mid-range fadeaway, you know. Growing up, that's like, I felt like I saw that all the time. And then if it, if it didn't go in, something was wrong, uh, you know. It was like automatic. I could count on it like every single game. Uh, another signature move. So this is from a guy that, you know, is at, he's grown on me, you know, over the past few years. Uh, that would be James Harden. Oh, um, with his, and he's just he's just amazing to me. Like I used to I used to hate on this guy a lot back in the day. But now nah, this man, he's a he's a real one. So it's, you know, everyone knows about it. His step back three pointer, you know, this is just ridiculous. How he's just like. Just plays with people. Oh, thinking about a drop pass shoot, psych, step back three, automatic. Uh, it's crazy. You got a uh, you got a favorite you got a favorite moment from from a game? Uh, I mean, no, I mean not really, because most I mean most of the time, like I'm not gonna lie, most of the time I like I see the Rockets play, I usually I usually root against them, so. <laughs> I can't say I can't really say if I have a favorite one. Hey man, the way he <laughs> the way Evie turned the tables, man. What is going on with this man? He be turning Bruh. the tables, man. Bruh. I mean, but yeah, so it's just like uh but yeah, I mean obviously like um actually that wasn't even a step, that was just a crossover, but like um anyways, um obviously so ironically this uh this next person also played for played for the Rockets for the majority of his career. Uh Hakeem Olajuwon with his dream shake in the post. Uh, you know, it's just like, you know, it's just, you just love seeing guys dance in the post. And that's what this guy did. Like, the amount of fools he made on the court just by doing his dream shake in the post was just, yeah. Uh, so I guess those are like, th- like top three favorite, no particular order. Um, yes, sir. I mean, honor- and then honorable mention, I mean, well, Steph Curry off the ball, moving around, uh, you know. Okay. Steph Curry half court shots. Uh, Steph Curry shooting the three and turning around. It's just that's just yeah, just 
I know, I know that's more than one signature move, but I just had to put all of them there. I was about to say, you named your, you named your, you named your entire <laughs> bag, man. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's just, yeah. Like, I guess, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess those are, like, favorites. some of my favorite uh, signature moves from NBA no, players. For sure, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, man, no, those, those are all, those are all hella respectable. And yeah. honestly, legendary signature moves. Like, the team, like, yeah. I remember when I was growing up in um, – this past decade, the 2010s decade, I just saw a lot of guys that um, either talked about how Hakeem like inspired their footwork, and yeah. or I saw videos of like Hakeem actually training some some guys, yeah. and just like just like you said, he growing up as a as a Kobe fan myself too, like Kobe's footwork, like if you watch the game over these past 20 years, like he was probably the guy with the most exemplary, the most fantastic, the most just yeah. artistic display of like in the post, off the triple threat, just like this guy just, he never left room like for guys to um, get back at him on defense. Like yeah. if he, if you, if he, if you had a counter to him, he already had the counter to that counter. Like exactly. he just, exactly. that's why, that's why Kobe always inspired me. I mean, this could be a whole another conversation, but like Kobe, he was just a killer man. Like, and his footwork just always displayed it. Like whether he yeah. was in the post at the three, wherever in any position he just he was ready so yeah. that, that that that's definitely a, a great a great call right there for me personally as a kobe fan and since he already said kobe i'm gonna uh leave kobe to the side even though i could talk about him all day um in no particular order i'll go with my three favorite slash best signature moves um starting with since he already said it i'm gonna go with kevin durant like that walk of three man hey man just to let y'all know, me and Tunji used to play a lot of 2K, man. Hey, <laughs> tell them about those 2K 13 day, uh, 13 or 14 days on uh, Team Up, man. What's what was what was happening though in, in in those days, man? Team Up just passed the KD, simple as that. <laughs> passed the KD. We had this, we had the thing going where we would always play with OKC because they were just so dynamic back in the old 2Ks earlier in this decade, and neither of us were able to get on Kevin Durant's player because another guy would take it when we would go into the lobby. And then like some in most matches, like there was like a, a couple of nights stretch during the week where we were just playing. And then the same thing happened in back-to-back -back games where the guy that was controlling KD would leave the game. And then, <laughs> and then me and T was just like, Hey man, I mean, let's just pass it to KD, man. And then for some reason, the computer never plays good. But just this, this, these couple of days that we was playing on the Thunder, we just passed it to KD. Oh. He just kept making every series. Just getting 30 points, 40 points. everything. <laughs> automatic. He was just automatic as a computer, man. And I don't know. We just, we just had, we just had that. We had to keep that going on because it was like a, it was like our personal meme. So just Kevin Durant, he just easy money sniper, man. Like y'all seen it, the 2017 and the 2018 finals. I guess the late, I mean, uh, 2021 yeah. against the Lakers. 2017, oh, 2018 oh. against the, uh, the, uh, the Cavaliers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Cavs, yep. In game three, both years, man, he pulled up from the same spot, same jumper, man. He walked up, pulled it, man. Like, it's, it's just scary to even talk about it. Like, as a Lakers fan, too, personally, there was a moment back in, like, 20, either 11 or 12, um, I believe it's 11 to 12, but it was when the Thunder was still young and Kevin Durant in game four or game three at Staples, at Staples, this was the young Thunder, bro. 
it was game four and like the Lakers needed this because they were down 2-1 and uh, Durant and Russ were like, you know, carrying the load as usual and they got the job done till the end and then the game was close and guess who had the ball at the end? Kevin Durant. This man had the ball at the top of the key at half court. Stop clock went down. This man just, just walked up, one dribble between the legs. Just cash money, man. I was so disappointed. But at that same time, I realized, like, watching KD and Russ, like, those two guys dominate the way they did when they were so young. I had to become a Thunder fan as well because those guys were just electric in ways that Kobe reminded me of. So that reminded me of Kobe. So shout out to Kevin Durant, man. PG County, baby. Um, Number two, I got to go with Bradley Beal, man. Like, Tunji just brought up the Wizards. Like, I've been a Wizards supporter for a long time. Um, because you got to support the local teams, man. Like, even though success is a little bit um, sporadic around here, at least in basketball, we still produce some some great players, man. And Bradley Beal, his step back is absolutely lethal. Like, I remember a game where I think it was, um, I don't know if it was in the playoffs or not, but he hit, like, Paul George with, like, some crazy step back to the left. And Paul George either sat down or, like, his leg did some funny stuff. He was dancing. I was like, Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill. And then Bradley Bill just carried that on throughout his years. And he just continues to kill people with that step back. Um, and also on the same note, so I'm, so I'm talking about step backs. I'm not going to talk about James Harden like he did, but I'm going to talk about Luka Doncic, his step back, even though I feel like he modeled a lot of his stuff after the guys that, you know, came before him, like, you know, Brad Beal, James Harden, those guys. Luka has a insane just fluidity to a step back um and he demonstrated that not just this year but in the bubble y'all remember that game against the clippers right that buzzer oh yeah left. Oh, yeah but how could i forget man yes classic, sir man. <laughs> classic you can't forget that <laughs> and even though they lost that series like he provided an iconic moment right there with that just lethal um uh, step back to the left man so shout out yeah. to those guys for continuing to invest in the step back yeah. And three, mm, three, three, three. There was there was somebody that I was gonna say, but I think I just forgot. I forgot who I was gonna say. But um, since I forgot who I was originally gonna say, I'm gonna have to say. Oh no no no! I didn't forget. Um, it was Kyrie from the right wing. Kyrie from the right wing. As y'all know, uh, he's done he's done some stuff on that right wing, most notably in Game Seven. I was about to say Game Six. Game Seven of 2016 NBA Finals against the. 73 and nine Warriors where he he brought it home for Cleveland, man. And that's probably one of the most iconic shots that any of us can remember in not just basketball, but in sports. That yeah. shot just it just did so much for not just basketball, but just American sports and sports fans all over, man. Like that shot, oh man, it was crazy. And ever since then, like Kyrie, I mean, even before then, Kyrie, he's been hitting shots from the right wing continuously. He had one this past season against the the sorry ass Knicks. He hit one, even though even though he shouldn't have got to that point. He hit one against the Knicks earlier this year, and um, I'm pretty sure he's going to continue doing that. That's his sweet spot, man. And also an honorable honorable mention, since I just brought up Mr. Kyrie Irving, I got to bring up Mr. LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? If Kyrie is the guy from the right wing, y'all know LeBron is the guy on the left wing. He has this move where. Yeah, I don't, he's just be looking at the ball and he's be dribbling, he's looking at his opponent, and then he he sees that his opponent can't keep up with him, he's gonna be like, Man, should I drive? Should I shoot? And then he just does his little one dribble to the floor, look at the floor, step to the left, and then pull that joint. And it's just it's actually so clean. Like 
I don't know when he started doing this move. I think it was like 2017, like after Kyrie got traded or something like that. He just started just destroying people with that move. And I was like, I, I actually fell in love with that move because LeBron hasn't always been the most fundamentally sound of uh, players when it comes to his, like, his ability to score and stuff. But like the things he was doing, man, especially after that, uh, developing that move, I was like, okay, I, I can I can get with this. Like, because as a Kobe fan, I love seeing Kobe in the post, doing all these different things with his feet and faking, like, you know, Dwayne Wade and, you know, dribble drive and, you know, like just going around guys and just doing all these different things that just made you fall in love with the way that um, he created shots. Not really seeing LeBron do that because he was so freakishly athletic. It was, it was just like, man, it's good to see LeBron go deep into his bag. So, yeah, shout out to LeBron James, man. Um, and, yeah, those were some of our – favorite slash best signature moves from guys in the NBA that make us feel like we're opening Christmas gifts while we're watching them complete these moves. So um, let us let us know what uh, what favorite moves y'all have from guys in the NBA and why they make y'all feel that way because we know there's so many guys that we didn't mention that have like insane moves that we didn't bring up. But um, yeah, we would love for y'all to share that with us if y'all have any extras that we may not have mentioned in this um, conversation. But yeah, moving right along, last but not least, we really wanted to dive into, as y'all know, the season is starting up soon. We really wanted to dive into um, a regular season preview. We're going to be talking about um, free agency trades, um, how, how they're going to reshape the league, um, how the outlook is on the new schedule and how the setup is going to um, really be interesting to pay attention to. And we're going to get into a little bit of predictions, like I mentioned before. We're going to talk about title contenders, um, ultimately who's going to win the title, and also, you know, who's, who, who, who's going to win the MVP or who looks like they could win MVP this year, and also Rookie of the Year. And then we'll leave it at that for this particular episode. So, yeah. Um, e, how about you start us off with um, any of your thoughts, any of your thoughts on this crazy, crazy 2020, 2021 uh, free agency and great okay. drama, man. Like, any thoughts you have, man, let it fly. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, let me start off with the Lakers. Um, I mean, I was pretty impressed with what the Lakers were able to do. Um, first off, the trades get Dennis Schroeder. That was – like, when I first saw that, I was like, oh, my God, this is about to be tough. Like, this is just crazy. Like fact, and I felt like Lakers didn't really give up too much to get Dennis Schroeder, in my my personal it's opinion. It's funny because I was just about to ask like, you, like, did, yeah. did you know at first? Did you know at first who the Lakers gave up at first? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so I'm, I, I remember seeing like Danny Green, whatever, yeah, Danny Green. This, then I saw okay, they added like the first on draft pick. And I'm like, bro, that's like pick what twenty eight or something. I'm like, oh shoot, that, that's 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 great. I'll take this man. All right, uh, um, I thought that was great. Then on top of that. The fact that we were able to sign Montrez Harrell, now, like, when I saw that, I, I thought it was a joke. I thought, like, I couldn't believe – I was like, how for, – for, I'm surprised that the Clippers didn't really do more to, like, keep Montrez Harrell because I, I felt like it was a big piece, like, to their team. And then the fact that, like – I mean, obviously, I don't – I can't – I don't remember, like, what like what other suitors he had, but, like, the fact that the Lakers were just there and signed him, like, wow, like – I feel like the Lakers got better, which is which is crazy. Um, yeah, what else? Um, moving on. So, so like the Bucks, uh, 
Bus getting Drew Holiday is nice. Um, although I feel like they kind of messed up with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, that's yeah, for sure. Like the little sign and trade that that fell through because I feel like I feel like he's he's like one of the one like up and coming players. I mean, I've, I mean, I've seen him from 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 the games that I've watched him like while he's on the Kings. Like I've been like I'm like oh who is this guy? This guy's this guy's kind of like low key nice. Uh, so yeah, it's funny you say that because we yeah. just we just talked about Shaq uh, earlier yeah. on the early, early on the episode. He brought up I'm pretty sure y'all have heard this one. He said in the league, anyone with the last name ending in Vitch can shoot the oh. mess shoot the meth out of the yeah. ball. Yeah, yep, yep. I remember when we said that. And then I'm trying to think who else like um then obviously um I mean, like the local team, the Wizards. Um Obviously, the big trade that happened, I guess, well, today's the 8th of December, so it happened last week, roughly a week ago, I think, the um, John Wall for James Hart. Well, uh, John Wall for Russell Westbrook. Excuse me. Oh, okay, shoot. Ronnie 2K, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, yeah, see. I blame Ronnie 2K, but anyway. Yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, um, I, I, I see how it would be tough for some fans, like, given the connection that they have with John Wall, and especially like what he's what he's done for City of DC throughout his time playing for the Wizards. Um, but I do feel like it's interesting pairing like Russell Westbrook with Bradley Beal. I feel like that could be a nice, but it's gonna be like one of the that's obviously like one of the top backcourts in the league, like right there. So I'm I'm curious to see like how like how how Scott Brooks is gonna put like pieces together and see see how they play this upcoming season. Um. I mean, those are like the three main like moves that you know, like caught my eye. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, no, definitely. I I, I couldn't yeah. agree more, man. Like those are some yeah. of the top um, storylines because um, some of those teams are not just contending teams, but um, some of those guys are like like superstar players. So um, yeah. I, I I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm also looking forward to seeing how all those guys fit into their um, new new destination and how they. Yeah adapt for not just the sake of you know um the teams but also for the stars on those teams like you mentioned the bucks um yeah is Drew holiday going to be enough to keep Giannis there yeah in milwaukee yeah. and are yeah. um john wall and russell westbrook going to be able to do enough to solidify um james harden and bradley beale's position in um houston and um washington dc so Definitely looking yeah. forward to the, seeing how those uh, storylines develop as well. But um, yeah. T, anything else you want to add to um, anything he just mentioned or or more? Yeah, see, yeah, definitely. I say like Chris Paul moves to the Sun. Suns yeah. is definitely oh, yeah. underrated. Underrated. Yeah, definitely big move for the Suns. Now I think Suns are going to be a playoff team, probably six, seven seed easily. So it'll definitely going to be exciting watching that young oh, Chris Paul. You said, you said easily. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, easily, bro. You heard that? <laughs> I think Chris Paul makes that difference for a young team. We saw what he did with OKC, where no one okay. had to make it to players at all. So, yeah, that's he, true. He, he's still the point guard at the end of the day. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. And of course, um, of course. Um, sadly, Warriors. Um, Clay Thompson is sadly out for the year. So I'm glad to see that they picked up Kelly Oubre, and I think Kelly Oubre will be able to do good for them too as well. So yeah, that's a good. You're glad. I know you're glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always cheering for everyone that was formerly a Wizard. So. I'm happy for anyone that you know gets success outside of DC. Even though you know, I would love everyone to be you know bring a championship to DC <laughs> or something, but it's all good. 
Yes, sir. And then, of course, you know, hometown team, you know, Russell Westbrook. I feel like, you know, he's been practicing lately with the Wizards. You know, everything's been looking looking smooth. So I'm looking hey, at that again, but he's actually been practicing. He's actually been there at practice. Oh. Correct. Correct. Oh, the shade. <laughs> oh, my God. But I feel like Russell Westbrook, Westbrook mentality is going to be very, very great for the Wizards. Definitely. And I feel like, I feel like him and Bradley Bill will be able to mesh well and then hopefully, you know, make a deep playoff run in the East. Because I feel like the East, even though, you know, there's a net say the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics. I feel like the Wizards could can compete against all those teams. Definitely. Like the Wizards, when they had John Wall and Bradley Beal, like they were easily top four, if not top five. And they were gonna be a problem. Like they they should have been in the conference finals that year. They lost to the Celtics in, in seven. They should have been in the conference finals, yeah. but I mean, hey, I mean what would just leave it at that? Um, Bro, I mean, I mean, Kelly Olynyk has something to say about that, which is ridiculous, but hey, it's crazy. Hey, but, man. Hey, man. Uh, he just decided to turn up and be the big O for one game. So it is it is, it is what it is. Um, yeah. But also, do y'all remember the year where um, I think it was the year the Cavs might have won the title? Like, the Wizards, they were in the playoffs that year, and they were on the other side of the bracket. They were not on the Cavs side of the bracket, but they lost in the second round, and they should have been in the conference. Without, without the I was conference, saying, without, you know, that, was that, that, that was the same year. That was the same one. Man, that, it was crazy because okay, that, that was, was like the year. closest ever. Yeah, right. because the Wizards, they I remember in that season, they actually like dismantled the Cavs because like that team, that Cavs team, they're like they were a bunch of like veterans and mm-hmm. guys that were like load managing and you know stuff like that. And when the Wizards like play them, I think they beat them like either once or twice. But like the one time that they did play them, I mean the one time where they beat them, I believe at least in one game, they like blew the brace off of them and I was like John Wall shooting threes, Bradley Beal shooting threes and these guys just like their role players are stepping up like against like you know LeBron and them but and I think I say that because it was I think they just played them very good like the entire season and it was unfortunate because I think they would have like given the Cavs a very good series because I'm pretty sure when they played the Celtics that year in the conference finals it wasn't I don't think it was that good of a series if I remember correctly that was the series where they got blown out like each game type stuff but I don't know yeah. Um, I feel like the Wizards, they they would have given them, given them, given the people, all of us. Yeah. A yeah. Show. yeah. I mean, I remember Bradley Beal saying that, oh, you know, like if we had played the Cavs, like they wouldn't have been in the finals. I remember him saying that after. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. like the, the yeah. Cavs, they didn't want to see. I, I, I'm pretty sure the Cavs did not want to see the Wizards because yeah. um, I, that was the year that uh, Isaiah Thomas, he was still on the Wizards. I mean, the, yeah. Yeah, the, the Celtics. Yeah, 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 the Celtics. Yeah, yeah 2017. Yeah. It was a number and, two MVP voting, I think. Yeah, yeah, number two, number three, something like was that. Number like, two? Was just crazy. Really? No, he was that? I don't think he was top three. I think he was number two. Yeah, MVP voting that year. I thought he was like five. I thought he was like five. Oh, yeah, I think it was like three or four. Maybe, I'm, maybe like I'm sizing a little bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, nah, like, and, like, that was the year where they had, like, the cast, like, in game two, they had, like, 80 points at halftime, and the Celtics had, like, like 30 points at halftime. You remember, y'all remember that game? Uh, and That was the series where – like LeBron was on the fast break and then IT tried to foul him and then people made the meme out of that, like his little like hugging LeBron yeah, or something like that. That was the series, I think. It yeah, was just I it mean, was just lopsided from the very beginning, man. man so Man, that's a man, man. I don't remember it, bro. It was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> nah, definitely, bro. Like as a win as a Wizards supporter and um I mean I'm I feel like I'm a genuine well, a genuine Wizards fan because like I've been paying paying attention to the Wizards since uh Hibachi. Anton, Anton Jameson and Karan Butler 
Brendan Haywood and like, you know, Deshaun Stevenson, those guys. Uh, Darius Sangaila. <laughs> <laughs> Darius all, all these guys, bro. Nick Young, JaVale McGee when they were younger. Like, I mean, I, I've been, I've been, I've been paying attention to these guys for a long time. Cause like Gilbert, he was, he was a killer, man. That's all I got to say. He was a killer. So, um, yeah, man, like with everything going on this season, I feel like the Wizards, they're going to be a dynamic team to watch with everything that y'all said. Um, the thing that Russ gives the Wizards immediately is availability. I mean, John Wall, he's going to be returning as well, but like, you know what you're going to get out of Russ like every single night. And I feel like his game is going to help Brad Beal because I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a supporter of OKC and like I've been watching, I've, I've watched a lot of OKC, man. And like that year where um, Russ won MVP, he was playing on a team with a bunch of, uh, I, I ain't going to say no bad words, but like he was playing with a bunch of, you know, different guys. Victor Oladipo was there, and yeah. Victor Oladipo even came out and said Russ, like, helped him improve his game. And, I mean, I yeah. just feel like people, they just be hating on anybody for no reason. They find anything to say about players. So, yeah. Russ, yeah. Russ is a team first guy. Um, and Brad, he's a he's a get buckets kind of guy. So, I feel like that's going to be very good. And just like I think I think uh, T, I think you said it, his mentality is really going to help the young guys. So, I think mm-hmm. that's going to be very yeah. a very good thing for the Wizards. Um. But also the Bucks, man. Like I really want to see what Giannis does. I think you mentioned the E, uh, Drew Holiday coming to the Bucks, yeah. and then them not completing the sign and trade. Yeah. I, I really want to see how how that uh, turns out for Milwaukee. Yeah. Because I think it's been like two or three years now, right, since Giannis has been Giannis and the Bucks respectively have yeah. been uh, kicked out of the playoffs yeah. two years in a row, right, before reaching the conference finals. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the past two seasons, they've they've been like, like, like favorites, quote unquote. So yeah, yeah favorites, and then they yeah. didn't even reach the finals. Yeah. Like, that was that was the Raptors and the the Celtics. I mean, the Raptors Heat. and the Heat that kicked them out. So yeah, that's yeah. gonna be very interesting to see. Yeah. Um, the Warriors, I feel like they'll be in the same boat with the Suns because like the Suns are up and coming. Like they dominated in the bubble. I wish they would have made the made the playing game to play the Blazers. That would have been a much better game. Even though I love the Grizzlies, I love John Morant. Um, I feel like that would have been a much better game, uh, the Suns versus the Blazers, because Book Devin Booker was going off, Damian Lillard was going off. Everybody wanted that matchup to happen, but uh, it is what it is. Speaking yeah. of the Blazers, like they they kept Carmelo, traded for Robert Covington, they bought back uh, Rodney Hood, and they they uh, did they add a big man? I think they added a big man. I might be wrong. I'm not I'm not I'm not too sure, but they kept. They kept a lot of their wing players, and that just gives them a lot of depth. Um, yeah. So hopefully, when Damian Lillard and CJ they're not on the floor, guys can you know produce and give them some rest when they come back into the end of the games. Because y'all know what they them boys can do at the yeah. end of the game. Yeah. Um, and I guess um, off the top of my mind, I haven't talked about the Lakers yet, but I mean, I feel like uh, Ephraim said it said it best, man. I mean. Lakers, man, we, oh. we 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 rob people, man. Like, hey, we yeah. traded Danny. Oh yeah, yeah. I also forgot to mention about Marcus Gasol. Like, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna mention that too, man. Like, yeah. you know, the Lakers, like, we not yeah. just not only did we rob people, but like, we, I mean, I feel like we're just we're just yeah. we're just picking things just from the air, man. Like, yeah. I mean, what's going on? The Lakers, like, people are just gonna say, oh man, the Lakers, they're just gonna get lucky, man. I mean, hey, look what we did in free agency. We basically yeah. told people we're gonna repeat if y'all don't pick these players up, because like LeBron, man, he really he really is a leader, man. Like he really knows how to gather the, to gather the troops. 
and just bring guys together to play their best basketball as evidenced from the playoff run. So um, those are just some of our thoughts from a very, very, very hectic uh, free agency. Um, but yeah, um, just really quickly, um, let's get into a little bit of predictions. Personally, I'm not the best, nor do I fully enjoy predictions because they're so easily influenced by like injuries, um, unknown events, and just so many variables. But I guess that's where the fun comes in because you just never know um, with the world of sports. So I guess we'll start off with, um, before we get to the title contenders and title, um, uh, the teams that can actually win the title, we'll talk about who we think is going to win MVP and uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, T, why don't you start us off, bro? Who do you think is going to contend for, um, let's start with Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year? That's going to be tough. I don't know. I feel like this draft class wasn't the strongest. I feel like, I mean, I respect this draft class, you know, making it, of course, make it to the league. But I feel like, I don't know, it's kind of just a tough draft class. I could just, like, say, like, who's going to be the definite, like, I don't know, the definite the definite person for Rookie of the Year. But I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Lamella Ball is going to come out the gate and surprise a lot of people. So that's my go-to. I feel like he's going to surprise a lot of people with what the Hornets have in store. I feel like him having Gordon Hayward is going to be a good compliment for his game, too. So I think Lamella Ball. Nah, for sure. Like, I, I was, that, that, that's actually a very good point because outside of that team, I don't know if any other top draft pick has, like, I don't want to say Gordon Hayward is like a star or a superstar yeah. or anything, but um, Anthony Edwards, he also has uh, D'Angelo Russell mm-hmm. and um, Carl Towns on his team. So he's going to have a lot of like support, even though, even though he's kind of like the supporting cast to those guys, like he's going to yeah. have like for himself, he's going to have those guys yeah, help him out as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess for MVP, I guess MVP is going to be, it's also going to be interesting, but, you know, I could just name the top guys, you know, James Harden, Giannis, KD, LeBron. Like, I'm just going to leave it at that. Those are my top four. Who can get one MVP? That's my, that's my, I respect it now. Like MVP is always a tough one, man, because they vote very, uh, let's just say weird. Let's just say that. <laughs> you voting weird sometimes. All right. E, what do you think about, uh, Rookie of the Lucky. year and that yeah. yeah and then MVP. All right. So I mean, yeah, I mean, like Tony said, rookie year is gonna be tough. Um so I mean I was maybe I was thinking about LaMelo Ball, but my like like my one hesitancy about LaMelo Ball is that like like let's say like if like let's say if he's like if he struggles a little bit, the me's gonna be all all over him and that's probably gonna hurt hurt his rookie of the year campaign. I mean, hopefully that doesn't, doesn't happen. Although, I mean, I think, I think he's probably the favorite to win rookie of the year, in my opinion. But, I mean, if I were to – but but I'm going to make the pick of um, James Wiseman, you know. I think I think this might come back to bite me, but I think that – and this is solely based on the fact that the Warriors are going to play more nationally televised games, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe. So, I think that uh, – with that exposure, and I, th- I think James Wiseman is. I think he's gonna. It, I think he's gonna be productive for the Warriors. I mean, like they need. They're gonna need some help outside of Steph. I mean, like scoring the ball, like on offense. Uh, and I think I think uh, Steve Curry is gonna find a way to utilize James Wiseman, like Definitely. in the offense. So and I think I think like you make a good point because um, yeah. James Wiseman. I mean uh, Steph Curry. Like I don't yeah. think, and I mean I've watched the Warriors for a long time. I've been watching Steph since Davidson, and I don't think. Yeah. 
for as long as he's been on the Warriors, he's had like I don't say I don't say James James Wiseman said he's still a rookie, right? But I, yeah. he doesn't have like a guy at the five spot be like that multi like faceted and talented with his game. Like James Wiseman, he can like he can do a lot of stuff on the floor that the Warriors haven't really had at the five spot before. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, so then I guess, yeah, so um, I guess for MVP, so this man, he said the top guys, but he didn't say the guy who I think is going to win the MVP this year. I think it's going to be Luka Doncic. Um, just like, okay. look at what he's already done, two years in the league. I mean, he's, I, I, like, I feel like he's probably, if not top five, definitely top ten player in the league already. Um and obviously, this man he almost averaged a triple, a triple double in his second season in the league, which is crazy. Averaging close to thirty points a game, I think, like, Unreal. he's only he's he's gonna get better. Like he was, you saw what he was doing in the in the bubble. I mean, we talked about it earlier. His buzzer beater against the Clippers in Game Four of that series, and like, bro, like he, the amount of pressure, like he's gonna like put on opposing defense this year is gonna be insane. So I'm excited to see Luca play, and he's I think cold. he's gonna win that. I th- and I think he's gonna have the storyline to back it up, back up his MVP campaign oh, yeah. too. So I For think sure. he's gonna be the MVP. Uh, yeah. So yeah, For that's sure. my that's uh, my I guy. Agree with the, the storyline point as well. Now you, yeah. uh, that's also a very good point because I think yeah. I, I think I said it, but like um, the me- the media, they vote. They're the ones that vote, right? And they just be yeah. voting as y- as we all know. They be voting very very weird. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. who, who, who really? Yeah, you said what? Very iffy. Yeah, very iffy, man. I mean, like, we never really know. Like, even if they say it on, like, on, like, if they release, like, the criteria to the public or whatever it is that they put out there, we can never really know what they really mean because yeah. it, the, the way that the results come out to fans and the way that we interpret it, it sometimes it just doesn't really add up. So, hey, it is what it is. But I know y'all have some really solid picks. Um, for rookie of the year, I was actually going to take James Wiseman because of what I just said to to uh, to E. Yeah. Because Steph Curry, he's never had a guy at the five that's been like that multifaceted, been able to not just run the floor, but you know, play down low, um, step away from the basket. Um, even though he still has some developing um, to do as a physical specimen in the pros, like I feel like James Wiseman, like playing at the the Warriors and their team first style of play, like that are really like open up opportunity for him to um, produce for the Warriors. So I was actually going to say James Wiseman, but for the sake of the conversation, I'll adjust my pick since I was ready for that. Um, yeah. So appreciate you for taking my pick. I'm, I'm, no I'm problem, gonna, bro. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, OB Toppin uh, for the Knicks. And as much as I hate the, I actually, I don't, I don't really hate a lot of things at all, but as much as I don't like the sorry ass Nick. I'm actually happy for them that they got a hometown kid because um, he was like, I, w- I watched the draft and he was just like, um, I'm happy to be playing for my hometown team, man. And I was just like, I couldn't be more happy for him. So he just seemed, he just seemed really passionate. And like, I watched him in college, man. Like um, he, he's a, he's a versatile bucket getter, man. I like, I like the kind of things that he brings to the table. And I feel like having someone that, that, that's that enthusiastic about playing for the Knicks, not just going home, but being that enthusiastic about the Knicks, um, I feel like it'll really bring uh, a spark plug to the city because when's the last time someone was that enthusiastic about going to the Knicks? Armello? Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe Chris Paps, but we saw how that turned out. So yeah. I feel like Obi Toppin, he has the versatility and the personality to 
um, to really shine in, uh, in, in the Apple, man. So the big Apple. So I feel like he, he has a chance if I I couldn't uh, take James Wiseman. So um, for MVP, um, uh, uh, y'all have some really good choices, especially P, man, naming the entire list, but it's all good. Um, well, I knew- <laughs> Uh, I, I'm actually gonna pull. I'll, I'll pull uh, a half T, and I'll give you. I, I, there's two guys on my list actually. Um, first is Damian Lillard because, I mean, you know, for the past like two three years, he's been really getting the recognition he deserves, which is like awesome. But the years before that, he was doing the to me, he was doing the same stuff that he's doing now, like shooting the ball from long range, like helping his team win games, getting to the playoffs consistently. Even though you know only two teams can, can get to the finals, and only one team can win. I just feel like this year, with the amount of depth and experience that they've gained, I mean, I feel like Dame's going to have another first team all NBA year. And I'm not saying the Blazers are going to win everything, but Dame is going to have a lot to do with their success this season. So, him and also, as y'all know, we're from PG County. We said it a million times, and I'm going to say it again. Kevin Durant, man, it's his time, man. Like, it's crazy because he won the MVP when he was like 23, 24, 25. I forgot the age, but he won it like seven years ago. I don't know how old he is now, but he's like 30-something. He won it seven years, something, seven, six, six, seven years ago. It'll be. And he's been out for almost two years now, a year and a half, whatever you want to call it. And he's playing in a new, in a new city, on a new team, in a new system, next to one of his good friends, Kyrie. And, I mean, hey, man, they're in the East. Yeah, I know we've been talking about this for a long time, but like a lot of the best players in the West, the West is really stacked. But imagine these guys going East. I don't want to say they're going to dominate outright, but it's the East, man. It's, it's not as heavyweight as it is in the West. So like same thing that we talked about with like with Russell and them, like Russ is going to have a field day, man. I feel like the same thing is going to be happening with Kevin Durant, like more massive, more massive, more matchups against the Eastern Conference team. Come on, man, quit playing. And like, you know, with him and Kyrie on the team, they're instantly contenders. And I feel like I feel like either one of them honestly could go for MVP. But I mean, everybody knows, man. Kevin Durant, he's been out for so long that it's his time to remind the league what's going on with easy money sniper. So I got I got KD and Dame Lillard for MVP, either or. But yeah, y'all. Also, as y'all know, this year has been affected by the pandemic and everything. So we're talking about the start of basketball before Christmas. So that's very unusual, but um, we just wanted to share a couple of our thoughts really quickly about how the NBA releasing only half the schedule and um, their plans to release the rest of the schedule later on, how that will affect um, the outlook on the season. So I guess I'll I'll cut this off um, real quick. It's very, actually, it's actually actually very, um, I think meaningful and uh, I guess resourceful for the league to um, I guess like backlog a lot of the games because they're just being prepared, unlike most other sports leagues for any sports fan that has been paying attention. Um, in order to not just protect their players, but to protect their business, even though like I mean, it's hard to, you know, separate business from like personal like preference and endeavors. But in the case of the NBA, they've been doing a really good job of that. Like we can go back to the bubble and talk about that with how they reported zero uh, COVID cases and everything. Um, I just feel like they're trying to um, use this regular season as an extension of what they did during the bubble by, you know, implementing all the rules that they have, by limiting 
people going out and, you know, staying in the gym pretty much, essentially, um, and preparing for the worst case scenario, which would be more COVID cases. So I feel like, I feel like they're just doing everything they can to keep players safe and protect the schedule if there were to be any delays and stuff like that. So, um, E, what, what, do you, what do you think of this, bro? Um, yeah, I mean, think yeah with the schedule. Think it's a think it was a very clever idea. We only have half of the schedule to start off. Um, so like in anticipation of you know potential potential COVID cases that that might lead to games being postponed. Um, yeah. I mean, I do think you know. Um, obviously, there's a there's like I forgot how many pages long it is, but it's like a lot of a bunch of pages. Uh, they have like a lot, I think they have a lot of good rules to try to protect what to try to like uh like lower the the number of uh positive COVID cases. I mean it's pretty much I'd say but it's pretty much inevitable considering like the amount of like right the rising COVID cases that that's going on right now. Yeah. So it's inevitable that it's gonna re, it's gonna affect hit people people uh, players, staff, uh, employees and then be at some point. Um but I do think, I mean, I mean, Adam Silver is a great commissioner, so I mean, I feel like he's 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 put in the work along with the rest of the people in the NBA. I feel like they've put in the time and effort to um, go for it as they best as safe like as safe as possible. Um, and I do think it's going to make for some interesting matchups. I think at times um, it's going to be definitely weird if a team has to like like just be like stop play for a while and seeing how that is going to affect the playoff race but i think it's going to be it's going to be kind of interesting but you know we'll have to wait and see but i do definitely like the idea of, of how the nba like puts together the schedule sure yeah definitely i agree with both of y'all just in terms of like the nba just having a more cautious approach just making sure that if we need to delay games, of course, I think COVID cases, it's going to happen. Like the team might get affected by it, unfortunately. That's just the environment we are in terms of the sports and society. So I think the NBA just being having a more prepared approach than other sports league and just making sure that um, they're able to isolate those cases too quickly. I think the NBA will do a great job. I think, I mean, of course, the bubble was a controlled environment, but I feel like they're going to be able to carry over those protocols, those procedures they had in the bubble into, you know, just a normal environment where they're traveling from city to city and just yeah. making sure that you're able to minimize those cases from occurring. Definitely. And I actually um, I actually read that there, you guys can make a great point to talking about the controlled environment. Um, they're, they're trying to change the schedule a little bit, actually, um, and change it to kind of a little bit baseball style where teams, when they go to a particular city with multiple teams that, stay in that city or in that state, they're going to be playing like two games and three nights against that same team, like a, like a, yeah. like a baseball series kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then like, if you're in California, like you'll probably meet the Clippers, Lakers, the Kings and uh, Golden State. I'll be in like yeah. the same, like two or three week stretch playing yeah. all the games against them in that time. So you can try to like isolate those cases over there as much as possible so that you're not like traveling those cases everywhere and stuff like that. So that's actually a really good point, trying to keep the environment like, as condensed as possible. So, um, also, uh, rapid fire, real quick. What do y'all think? It would the the I think E, you made a great point as well. Like um, talking about the playoffs, how it might look interesting. But what do y'all think? Um, T, you go first. What do y'all think? Uh, the worst case scenario would look like because we've seen how the NFL has like handled uh, COVID all the way up until this point. Regular season almost almost over now. 
What do y'all think that would look like in the NBA if we were to have that closer to the playoffs? I see the worst case scenario that season probably not going to end until late August, early September. That's the worst case, like absolute worst case. I feel like the NBA just still has done, has been doing everything right correct so far. I feel like they're not going to let it get to that case or get to, get to that state. So I feel like that's the worst case scenario, in my opinion. Definitely. Okay. Uh, for me, worst case scenario, obviously, I mean, worst case scenario would be, you know, obviously uh, canceling the season. That, I think that would be the worst case scenario. Uh, but I guess second worst case scenario. Um, I mean, so, so I'm just, if I base it off of what happened like this, this year, yeah. it took like, it took like four months off. So it was supposed to end in like May. Right. So basically the worst case scenario, like the playoffs, the finals doesn't end until like November, which is going to suck because I know, cause I know with NBA, they're trying to, trying to like get it, get the schedule back to being like on time to how it, how oh, it yeah. normally is. So I think that'll be a worst case scenario. Definitely. Um, yeah. I love, I love both of the perspectives y'all provided. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm honestly right there with both of y'all. Like it could be as bad as canceling the season or it could be, as bad but as good as the bubble was and we'll just have to you know continue to run it back on a fairly uneven schedule where um he he just mentioned it they're trying to get back to a regular to regular schedule programming but um it's looking a, it's looking a little bit bleak right now because um both, uh, the pandemic is just it's very crazy right now but like both like all of us mentioned the nba doing a great job in trying to control it so yeah y'all yeah, um, those are just some of our thoughts on how the NBA is setting up the season to look like. But now, let's talk about what's actually going to happen. So um, we'll try to go and we'll try to go um, a little bit quick with this because um, the season is still a good minute away. But um, we'll share some of our thoughts really quickly on some title contenders and who we think is going to end up on top this season. So um, I guess I'll start it off. Um, just to just to spare y'all the wait. The Lakers, they did a lot this free agency, okay? There's nothing to really say about the Lakers. They still got LeBron. They still got Anthony Davis. They got Danny Green. I mean, no, no, they don't got Danny Green. They don't need Danny Green. Thankfully, no, no I'm just messing. Shout out to Danny Green, man. He's a he's a three-point bucket, man. He's still got the record for most threes in the finals. I think LeBron is getting up there, though, close to that record. But LeBron, AD, Kuz, Schroeder, like, Montrez, Harrell. Like, come on, man. Like, like come on, man. Like, Come on, man. Quit playing, man. The Lakers, like, they just have a lot of veteran leadership. And they have guys that are, like, easy plug-and-play guys that will step into their roles and do what they have to do. And with LeBron leading the house, leading, leading, leading the charge, I mean, come on, man. Come on. Uh, I think three teams that I think can really give them a run for their money, I'd say, um, I'd say the Nuggets because that team, they're only going to get better, man. Um, Michael Porter. He's going to elevate, man. Like, he's someone that I don't think gets a lot of talk, but for the people that do talk about him, they know that he's coming. So, Michael Boy, he's going to be the extractor for the Nuggets, in my in my opinion. And Jamal Murray and Jokic, they're on their way, man. They're on their way. That's all I got to say. Um, The Nets, I mean, come on, man. How many times we got to say it? Easy money sniper. He's coming, too. He's returning. He's ready to come back to the finals. And... Um, my prediction is actually Nets Lakers in the finals. I ain't gonna say who wins, because I don't know. But I'm gonna just leave it at that. Nets versus Lakers in the finals. And um the third and last team that 
I think, and give them a run for their money is uh, the Bucks, because Giannis can be that good if he develops his uh, his jump shot, because he can actually shoot the ball, but it's not consistent to the point where teams are bound teams are bound to like respect him and stuff like that. So I'm just I'm just saying that on the premise that Giannis will develop his jump shot, and if he does, he's gonna be like I don't want to say he's gonna be LeBron James, but like he can be something like that, if not better, because his ability to dominate games is unlike almost anything we've seen, like maybe outside of Kevin Durant. Seven-foot guy, dribble pass, and shoot if he can shoot. So those are my three teams that I feel like can contend with the Lakers. But y'all know it's the Lakers on top. So, yeah. Um, T, what do you think, bro? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I agree with some of your points. I feel like, you know, I feel like the Lakers have the West on lock. I feel like they made all the right moves in the offseason. You know, it's attractive for a free agent or just for any player. Like, especially LeBron wants you. He's going to he's gonna make things happen behind the scenes. Yes, so, sir. I feel like the Lakers <laughs> are still the favorites. <laughs> the Lakers are still the favorites. I feel like – I agree with you with the Nuggets. I feel like the Nuggets can challenge, too. I feel like the Trailblazers can still surprise everyone and do oh, something definitely. in the playoffs. So, I feel like those – uh, yeah, I say those for them, two. For them, I just want to see. I just want to see what they can do with their big man situation because I, I thought they brought in a big man, but like, I mean, against Anthony Davis, man, I don't know what they're gonna do. That's not that's the only reason I say they was a, they was a contender. That's all. But yeah, definitely, definitely. No, I guess of course you still got the Clippers. You know, hopefully they don't fold again. You know, but, oh boy, uh, they've been doing some laundry, so they've been they've been folding. <laughs> but hopefully, I don't know, hopefully Kawhi Leonard he really steps into that. You know. Like now he hit the spotlight on. He's not like the like when he was on the Raptors, he wasn't expected to win the finals. When he used the Spurs, he wasn't the main superstar. So like now he's like he really has a limelight yeah. on him. So maybe he'll turn up more this year. Maybe Paul George will not be pandemic P and turn up too. So <laughs> pandemic P. Oh man. I don't know what to say about that guy, man. He he he's a good guy, but man, like when everybody's best memory of you is side of the glass. Come on, man. It's terrible. Yeah. Now, of course, out the East, I think the East is East is pretty tough. I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like, of course, the Nets are the favorites. That's going. That's my prediction, too. Nets and Lakers in the finals. But I feel like the Raptors could get there still. Celtics could get there. Um, the Sixers, they could potentially still get there, you know, if they get their stuff together. But, you know, I think Doc Rivers is there now, so hopefully they can get their things things handled, get some organization under there so they'd be able to be real contenders. And, you know, I have to see the Wizards, you know. Yes, sir. Okay. That's what I'm talking about, Wizards. Yeah, Russell going to – I feel like he's going to really nah, – I, I still that, like still that discipline to everyone. And uh, I think that's yes, that could be something where people would people, people, people be surprised with the Wizards. I feel like we have a good young core, then plus Bradley Bill, superstar, Russell Westbrook, MVP plus superstar. So, you know, yes, it makes some, we can make some magic happen, hopefully. Not no, not trying sure, to be too, you know, sure. too over the top. But I feel like we could do some stuff if we get to the playoffs. No, nah, man, I, I I felt I felt the same way about the about the Mellow PG Russ Thunder man. Like that team should have been way better. But like that was when Mellow was still like trying to accept like a different role outside of like being yeah. the guy. But now I'm yeah. happy for him. We're all happy for him. He's from Maryland too, and he's accepting yeah. the role with the Blazers. So like, shout out to Mellow man. So I mean, as as a as a big Thunder fan. I just wish he would have made it work with the Thunder. He even said it on JJ Redder's podcast. He wished it would have worked with the Thunder because he enjoyed that team and he loved seeing, yeah. he, loved, he loved working next to Rush and PG. But before you go eat, I couldn't say the Celtics as much as I wanted to say the Celtics. I can't because I'm a Lakers man. I will not say the Celtics. 
<laughs> Even though I, I love I love Jason Tatum because I love I love guys that come out of Duke. Duke is my favorite team to watch in college. Been watching him for like 16 plus years. I just talked about JJ Redick. Been watching him. All those guys that played like 15 plus years ago. But yeah, Celtics are nice, but can't talk about them. Go ahead. E. All right. So I mean, I'll just quickly go through this. Um, obviously, I mean, some contenders that have I mean Lakers, um, Clippers, Rockets, Nuggets. Uh, Nets, Bucks, um, Celtics, and uh, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was. Oh, Raptors. I can't forget about the Raptors, but can't. Um, but yeah. I mean, obviously. Um, in terms of like, I do believe that the Lakers will win the championship this year, and they're gonna go back to back, and they will overtake the Celtics in terms Say of most. That again. And they, they will again, overtake man. they will overtake the Boston Celtics for most NBA titles in NBA history. Um but so in terms of who I think the Lakers will face in the East, you know, you guys say the Nets, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. Uh, you know, because I mean, like Alex said, Giannis could be that good. And I think um Drew Holiday is not gonna choke like Eric Bledsoe does and sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mean to bash Eric Bledsoe, but I mean, he he sometimes causes he just sometimes causes some problems. But I think that uh, Drew Holiday is an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. I think the Bucks can get it done. I mean, they, I mean, like Michael Jordan once said, sometimes you gotta fail to, to succeed. I mean, they failed, especially this like in the bubble, they failed. I think I think they'll turn it around and make it to the finals this year. But I do think the Lakers will 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 win that series though. Just too much. So much chemistry now, so much star power. Yeah, Lakers. Definitely. Um, yeah. Hey, man. I can't wait. I can't wait to uh, talk about the season with y'all, watch the season with y'all, um, and, you know, see how our predictions and takes come to life. And just honestly, to see how the NBA handles the season, man, because like we mentioned at the very top of the, of the conversation, it's been a very different year. Let's just say, it. let's just leave it at that. It's been a very different and difficult year. So, for us to even have sports as the semi-escape that it, you know, kind of is for us right now, um, you know, we just have to appreciate it and you know, take it for what it is because um, there's so many things taking place right now that you know are affecting a whole bunch of people. But guys, especially in the NBA and the league as a whole, they really continue to try to do their part to try and do all the right things all while, you know, still trying to play the game that we all love to um, watch and share with other people. So we just have to keep an open perspective when we're, you know, thinking about how um, blessed we are to have the game. So, but yeah, man, hey, y'all, as y'all know, when we get to this point in the podcast, I always have to say appreciate everybody that takes time to listen to the podcast, listen to the episodes, and just appreciate the conversation. So um, that was pretty much everything that we wanted to talk about today. We might have to check back in depending on how the season goes and, um, you know, get back with y'all on how, you know, our takes turned out to look to turned out to be. So, um, man, from the bottom of my heart, man, really appreciate y'all being my first guest on the pod. Um, awesome conversation, y'all. Um, man, I'm just very grateful, man. I, I look forward to continuing the conversation with y'all and everybody else. Um, is there anything y'all want to say before we sign off on today's uh episode on the pod, y'all? 
Um, I mean, hey, I mean, just thanks, thanks for. Uh, I'm honored to be one of the first guests on your on your show, yes, man. Uh, this was fun. I mean, enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, just had a, had a great time. Really enjoyed it. Go Lakers. Go Lakers. All right, yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, sir. you know, appreciate my time too on the podcast. You know, first time doing a podcast, so definitely appreciate it. Share yes, my sir. input, and hopefully, it's an exciting season. Yes, sir, bro. Hey, man, um, definitely looking forward to the season. Can't wait to talk about it with y'all. But yeah, y'all, um, y'all know what it is. Episode four of the Alex and Things podcast. Um, talking about all NBA. Um, talking about Shaq. Talking about holidays. The best moves in the league. All these fun things. Hope y'all enjoyed the conversation. Let us let us know what uh, some of your thoughts are on what we, on the things that we talked about today. Whether it was Shaq's amazing team or not amazing team, the best moves in the league, and just the upcoming season in general. What are y'all thoughts on it, and how do y'all feel about um, how the pandemic is reshaping the season in a way? Even though we're still gonna have the season, although it's gonna look a little bit different. So, yeah, let us know what y'all think. Share your thoughts with us, and um, look forward to the next episode on the pod, man. Um, so yeah, y'all. Till next time. Thank y'all so much again for joining the, the, the podcast today. Catch everybody next time. Much love and peace, y'all.